G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It's Yaboa Dossie here talking all things AFL fantasy on this Monday night, July 24th, 2023. And I'm here as always with my regular co-host, the Lou Dog, Louie, as well as a duo of two-time top 10 AFL fantasy coaches. we got Kyle Holmes and of course, John Harmy back on deck today. And Dossie, he's back. Back in the good books, a man of the people now, you might say, as he's helped release the number one AFL trivia game in the country. That's right, footygrid.com. Go and check it out now. Just pause the show right now. Check it out right now, footygrid.com. Now, what are your thoughts, uh, Holmesy, on this amazing redemption story after last week's shenanigans? Dossie, mate, if you think I've touched any one of your products to help promote anything you're doing at the moment, you'd be mistaken, mate. Nah, but to be honest, I haven't actually had a chance to look at it. I've been <laughs> very busy first week back at school, but uh, I do plan to get into it and I've been seeing it everywhere, Doss. Looks looks good. It's going fantastic, mate. Make sure you let the students know when you're back at school there, mate. Uh, footygrid.com. Uh, check it out. And uh, Louie, I know you're a big fan, but um, obviously we're here to talk about fantasy today, but how are you, Lou? Yeah, it's good fun, mate. And uh, yeah, maybe Holmes you should have asked for some stock in the uh, footygrid.com and maybe not the, the ton middies. That would have been better off for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It would have been a good choice, but uh, alas, the Tun Middy's still on the cards. He reckons I still owe him a carton, by the way, listeners. So we'll wait and see on that one uh, to the end of the season. And back on deck this week after having a nice, relaxing week off last week, it's uh, Harmy. How are you, mate? Yep, going well. Thanks, top bloke Dossie. I'm um, glad to be back after my week off, week's holiday. That's what they call me, mate. TBD, top bloke Dossie. Get around me. Let's uh, talk about fantasy now, lads. And uh, we'll go around the circle, talk about our fantasy score for the week. And um, Holmesy, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, Dossie had a good week this week. Managed to get 18 back on field or 22, whatever it is, which was nice. Uh, <laughs> had a 23-82, uh, which was a nice bounce back. Up about 600 or so ranks to just outside 7K. So, another week moving in the right direction. And let's see where we can get to for the rest of the year. Yeah, big result for you. How about you, Louis? You still flying up the ranks? Oh, we're getting there, mate. Um, I got a 23.97, uh, which brings me up to uh, 18.65 for rank. So, yeah, slowly uh, just making a bit of traction over the last couple of weeks. Now, I know you mentioned it um passing by in the last couple of weeks, but you've got a pretty impressive record that you're trying to keep going. Now, I think you've been, what, top 1,000 for how many years now? I think you've mentioned it a few times. Yeah, geez, it's going on nearly eight, nine years now. Besides COVID, I don't count the COVID year, but um, (laughs) yeah, that's why you might have seen that I put the VC on Sicily for a 121 and um, kind of wanting to get into that top 1,000, but knowing that there's not much of a difference between finishing, you know, 1,300 and 1,800, I thought, let's uh, let's try and have a flyer at Dawson, see if he can do that 172 uh, that he did at the MCG yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, didn't end up being the right choice, unfortunately, but it's those types of things that you just got to try to... Um, to go down swinging, don't you? Because, you know, there's no point not trying anything and finishing outside the, you know, top 2,000 or whatever your goal is. That's funny, Lou. I also don't uh, count the COVID year either because that just takes away Miller Time's hat. So, that works for all of us. Jeez. Holmesy. Tell you what, talk about Doug Blokes. Uh, we've uh, discussed a few times here, but uh, wanting to take away hats now, that's pretty rough. Harmy, how was your week, mate? A uh, bit of a score and a rank update from you. Yes, uh, look, probably 
not too bad, but dude, there were some massive scores around, weren't they? So I got a two, three, seven, eight, which I was fairly happy with um, looking at the scores I got out. Uh, my players, and that puts my ranking at three, eight, six, seven. So, you know, it was only today that I realised how badly I've done this season. <laughs> I thought there's only five rounds to go, and I'm three thousand eight hundred. I was first time I've actually felt disappointed. <laughs> but anyway, I just keep plugging away at it. Jeez, Harmy, complaining about a ranking of inside the top five thousand. You know. People shouldn't be complaining when they're doing really well, especially when they're right up the top end, <laughs> Harmy, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, I'll talk about my score, and it's uh, 2284, a bit of a modest, modest score for Dossie, but something we, I guess, could touch on a little bit later is the fact that I decided to hold Rory Laird and Adam Chera heading into <laughs> heading into the uh, a do or die must win week I guess ahead of a lot of fantasy finals kicking off but I genuinely thought it was probably I didn't see any premiums I was dying to get with the cash that I was going to be able to have. So, uh, yeah, look, the ranking still hovering, 17,223, but still happy to have that shadow ban outside the top 20K lifted. Moving nicely inside, so 3,000 clear of the top 20K there now, boys. But um, we'll move on to the positives and negatives of the round. Oh, Harmy. Dusty, I had a mate. um, He held Rory Laird as well. and um, the crab man. He beat him in my heart. Nah, no, not Crab Man, another mate, Casey. And um, he, he, oh, sorry, he beat me in a home league. And I thought, geez, that's a pretty decent score. I sent him a message last night. Anyway, it was only today I realised he actually scored, um, he was 20th for the round. <laughs> he had like a 2450. 2450 whilst holding lead. Yeah. <laughs> that's huge. All right. On you, Casey. It's a shame you can't have a fun nickname like the Crab Man, but Casey's done well. Sorry, Let's get two, on to. 2495. Two four nine five. He got far out. On your case, yeah, but he didn't hold Chera though, so d- that makes sense. Yeah, no, nah, it doesn't count. Oh, doesn't sorry, count. Does, yeah. Let's get on to our <laughs> lux for the week. You know the lux is mine from the start. Holmesy, kick it off, mate. Your lux for the week. Yeah, I'll pick the the low hanging fruit, which was Marcus Bontempelli on Friday night. Uh, had the VC on him, which was nice. I told Louis about four weeks ago that uh, he was only allowed to pick my captains for me for the rest of the year after he's been nailing all of his. And I came into his DMs about 10 minutes before the game on Friday and said, what are we doing? And uh, we both had it on. Well, I had it on Bont and he told me to go Bont. So there we go. That was a good way to start the round. Massive. All right. Um, Moving on to your lucks for the week there, Louis. Uh, yeah, I've probably got an obvious one, but uh, Harmy's got that one at the moment, so I'll throw that to him in a little while. But um, Jack Steele, for me, 133. I probably brought him in uh, maybe a fortnight too early. He didn't really disappoint, but now he's really starting to hit his straps with a couple of 110s in a row. So if he can keep this up for the rest of the season, any coaches that jumped on have really found themselves a bit of a bargain there. How about you, Harmy? Look, usually I'm um, pretty terrible with looping, but this week I thought I'll give it a give it a shot on the Sunday, and I put um, Ben Keys to the emergency in my forward line. Ooh, clutch. Um, uh, yeah, and so, but I popped out for a beer with my brother, and so I had to make a call. It was like just half time, and he was on twenty one at half time, and I thought, stuff mm. this. I'm chucking Marcus Windhager on the field, Ooh. and um, Ben Keys can drop out of the twenty two for this round. And he comes up with a 114. Just a massive, like, massive score from him. Great game. 
Yeah, Windy's been unbelievable for for the coaches that jumped on to get a bit of cash rise. And geez, he's come good at the right time of the year, hasn't he? And being a fieldable option, it's kind of uh, been an interesting one. Old Windy coming through with the goods late in the season. Um, I'm going to go with a great pick by me. So I did mention that I held Laird. And, of course, held chair as well. So, I went the value picks and um, I brought in uh, George Hewitt, which was pretty solid, 91. But the big one was Sammy Flanders, 110. Got to give him a big shout out. Um, We've got lots of questions about him later on, but he's looking fantastic. So, I'll just give him a quick shout out. But my other – I've got to give the Lux to just a couple of guys this week because – Kitty Coleman and Alex Witherden combined for me for 208, which, yes, Holmesy, you're going to point out something uh, that you want to point out here. This is uh, pretty embarrassing, isn't it? So, wait, you went 22.90 despite the fact that you got uh, basically a 105 average out of Flanders, Witherden (laughs) and Kitty Coleman. Do you have a donut? What's going on? <laughs> no doughy, which probably brings us to our sucks for the week. <laughs> Holmesy, you can take it away. Um, I think there's a man that's been in both of our teams this year that's been causing us both some headaches. Yeah, I suppose we have to give it to the coach, but yeah, Jack McRae, I, I did want to trade him out at his buy. He was in a really hot run of form made his way up to 900k and we probably knew that the role the scoring in the role wasn't sustainable but in the back of our minds it's still Jack McCrane we have seen some players go on these runs despite not getting the CBAs in that midfield rotation but yeah 69 and actually sitting down and watching that game quite closely on the weekend he's just so far back in the pecking order and it just takes an unbelievable game from him to score well so He's someone we need to move on to get up to a, a genuine top six, but he's probably a little bit far back in that pecking order with some of the other players I've got at the moment. But, yeah, I think coaches, if anyone still has him, you, you really need to look to move him on because he saved your score late to get to that too. Can you believe if he didn't catch um, forward status? He'd still be a mid and oh, it, you'd almost be better off if he never picked up forward status because most coaches would have already traded him. He's just been super disappointing, hasn't he? Yeah, in saying that though, Lou, he he definitely has been. But when he went on that hot run of form, there was a a six-week patch where he was averaging 110. So, that was all right in the forward line. But you're right. If he had just kept midfield status, we would have moved him on and we wouldn't have that headache right now. What do you see him doing for the rest of the year, Jack McRae? Oh, you'd, you'd really hope that he has a couple of these random games where he goes back into the CBAs like he has been. But if he's if he's permanent forward for the rest of the year you'd you'd think probably an 80 85 would be the max average that you're going to get over this five-week stretch so come on bevo give give bonton and libera a rest and and chuck mccray in it at some point i just i just always look back at the start of this year we'll we'll reflect on it at the end of the year but there's just so many times for me in particular and i'm sure lots of coaches out there with the jack mccray dilemma where you had a flip of the coin at the start of the year and it just has gone the wrong way. Like any coach that went McRae over Bont, myself included, I know some coaches went both, which good on you, but like that's just been an absolute killer. And I look back at my starting team, which everyone will laugh at, but I chose McRae over Bont, Josh Kelly over Tom Green, which to start the year was absolutely the wrong decision in terms of cash gen. And then I chose Will Brody over 
Caleb's are wrong. So, there's just three <laughs> moments that ruin my season. It's not just the starting team that people laugh at either, mate. It's also the round 19 <laughs> team just gone. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. What about so. trading in Jack Bowes twice? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Jesus, Harvey. That's right, a better burn than what I could have come up with. Who, who's up to this? Who, who sucks are we on yeah, to there? I think it's me, really. yeah. So, I, I got um, Andrew Brayshaw there. Uh, he scored the 91. He was 60 at the half, and I thought, oh, hang on, might be able to get a bit of a ceiling out of him. He's probably been slightly underwhelming across the last month, but uh, to finish that last half with a 31 uh, was pretty disappointing. So, I've got to hand it to him. Louis, did you watch much of that game at all? No, I didn't. I was watching the um, Port Adelaide-Collingwood game, a double header at the time, so I wasn't able to flick over. Yeah, I, I'll admit I didn't watch much of the second half either. I was, I was out and about, but it would, it would be lovely for someone to shed some light on just what's going on with him. You know, he seems to have these ceiling scores. Yes, he had a, he's had a, a fair run of just low tons with the occasional ceiling game, but he's just not the same player last year. Do you think it's coincided with Caleb Sarong really coming along in that midfield and the fact Freo aren't as good a side this year, there's just not as much ball going around. Do you think they can both be top eights for the last five five rounds? I'm struggling to see it. Oh, look, it's it's hard to say. He's also got Jaeger O'Meara, which wouldn't be helping, but we do know that he started the season uh, under a little bit of an injury cloud. It was, I think it was a bit of a knee up until round four. So, that obviously eats into his average for the season. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested to see if he's carrying something. I, I don't think he's the kind of player that just drops off for no reason. I think he's too good for that, and he's got too many weapons um, in his bag to deploy for that. But, yeah, he's certainly been underwhelming. So, maybe that's something we'll throw out to Twitter this week. What's going on with Andrew Brayshaw for some of the diehard Frio fans? Well, I think I think a lot of people putting in their plans for 2024 as, as we like to already start planning, and, and Sammy Walsh and Andrew Brayshaw probably both heavily featuring in a lot of 2024 teams' early days. Harmy, um, I've just had two of the guys mentioned, both in my team, that sucked for the week. Is there going to be a third that's in my squad as well? I'm not sure if you've got this guy, but some of that I have just been backing in week after week thinking, oh, yeah, no, he'll be right, he'll be right, he's got a good role. Will Day, 80 points, and probably lucky to get to 80, and his CBAs have now diminished a bit too. So I'm thinking maybe he's a trade-out option for me, even though they've got the uh, Saints this week. He's become Mr. Fix-It, I think. Whether he, play, he plays in the midfield, and then once uh, the other team gets a run on, he sort of drops back and becomes that loose in defence and causes a bit of havoc. Yeah, he does He does feast on good matchups, though. So, I'm thinking if you are an owner, I think it's one more unless, you know, there's something clear. Unless it's a clear, clear upgrade, I think I might be holding one more. And, yes, I do have him in my squad, Harmy. So, three of three for me there. Um, plus, a little shout-out to Briggsy. I really wanted to get him out to go to Gorn. So, he was my 73 points on field in the ruck, getting, you know, 50 points on top of his head from the likes of your Ron Marshalls and your Gorn. So, I couldn't get to Gorn because of the whole... Uh, holding a lead and chair thing. Um, and then we also have uh, Noah Anderson scoring an 89. So I think we even flagged it on the pod pod uh, maybe last week or the week before that just coaches, um, opposition coaches seem to be putting a lot of attention into the Noah Andersons of the world and, um, you know, letting, I guess, a guy like Sam Flanders run a bit more free. And, geez, he killed it on the weekend, as we said. But, um, yeah, Flan- uh, sorry, Anderson sort of just dropping off a little bit in the tail end of the season, Army. Oh, yeah. Is Flanders a trading option? 
Like, he's, he was on 65 at half time, and I've just sort of been putting it off, putting it off. But, man, he's still like low 600s. Hmm, not sure. No, well, let's throw it to the other guys. I personally think the thirst is there. This was a tougher matchup for mids as well. He just had nine clearances, which is above Matt Rowell, who's been their clearance beast for the year. He also led the centre bounces for them. I honestly think it's just a smash play on the run home here, despite the tough matchups. His thirst is just impeccable, Holmesy. He's uh, 680K now, Harmy, so not quite mm. low 600s anymore. But oh. are you picking him over? Well, let's let's go, Louis. You you brought this to the group chat um, before in terms of the top six forwards. So you've got what? Taranto, Dunkley, Cogs, Rosie, Goulden. Mm-hmm. Is he the sixth? I, you think- I mean, Butters, Butters was back on the weekend, but Flanders still outscored him. You're really going to have to try and find that sixth forward. So, you know, can Flanders go close enough? We've oh, seen oh. it. I think that six spots open. I, I'm not seeing enough consistency out of a Butters to be able to say that he's going to take that spot. I think Caleb Daniel was the clubhouse leader, but he's maybe just taken a little bit of a back step in the last couple of weeks. So that F6 position's uh, seriously interesting. And if look, let's say maybe you do have a Butters or or someone who's around 900k that you're not totally sold on. It might even be a Ben Keys. And you've got no bench, some coaches don't have a bench or very little cash to use on that bench, then it's a good way to get creative. Why not have a crack at a Sam Flanders at 680k and make yourself 150 to 200k to put elsewhere? There's a few, yeah, there's a few players that are um, putting their hand up. I'll throw somebody else out there that I noticed is 20,000 uh, cheaper than Flanders and scored 114 on the weekend. Who do you reckon that is? Windhager. Nah. Bailey Smith. Oh, I thought you were really rubbing that one in there, Harmy. <laughs> <laughs> did you say, is he cheaper, did you say? Oh, he is too. Yeah. Six, six, oh, six. Yeah, he, yeah I think Louis, Louis went into the group chat and summed it up pretty well, though. Like, his role wasn't what we needed. To, he had to work so hard to get that 114 on the weekend. Um, he's not going to have, I think he had three or four holding the ball, free kicks. Like, he looked like he was just on a, on a mission to to get back into some form and is that sustainable? I'm not terribly sure in, in that team. You've got your clear Bond, Libba that are the two big dogs. But yes, Harmy, he's clearly value and we know he's done it in the past. And the one that I actually have been looking as a trade-in option, but he's uh, 777 and that's Sheasel. They've got a great run coming up. All right, now we've been jumping all over the shop to start the show already. We'll just get back into our regular structures. One last flag on Flanders for me, even though I'm a proud owner and I've just outlined the positive case for him. But on the negative side, we haven't really seen him have a big game yet where he's had tackles in that sort of score build. So he's really typically relying on those marks to, to build his score. So if he has a tough game, which, you know, coming up in the Q clash this week, can he lay a few tackles as well as get those marks? And if the marks aren't on offer, can he still do a big score? So that's probably something that you need to watch out for. 17 tackles for the season in his nine games, or I think he's played around nine games, 17 tackles. So that's not even, it's just over one a game sort of thing. All right, let's get on to the next thing. But first, we're going to go through our Content Creators Cup Final little update for the regular season. It was a fight for the last bit of finals there. And, uh, Harmy, you're going to give us the update here. Yes. 
Yep, the Content Creators Cup. Um, and I guess the biggest news coming out of that league is the promotion. Um, it seemed my 2378 from the weekend is just enough um, that I'm going to be making an appearance next week. So thanks for Guesty, um, the confirmation of that over the weekend. Uh, loving that. So, yep, the Content Creators Cup brought to us by Infinite Wealth. Louis, 2397, with an enormous win over Zave, 1917. <laughs> so, <laughs> almost doubled his score. Um, and that's who you're replacing. Little... Let's uh, not bet around the Zave the boy. Yeah. Um, you're you're, stabbing, you're can... stabbing Xavier Ellis in the back to take the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very complimentary of Zave's work. Um, I do listen to him and uh, Selby, uh, your assistant coach. Dosrera. Yes, correct. Um, so, yeah, Louis got a win. Uh, let's have a – sorry, guys, I'm fumbling my way through this a bit. Dossie, oh, an agonising 16-point loss to Junk Time Jam Dinners. Which made me narrow. miss out on finals, by the way. Oh, oh, well, you did, you did hold Laird and Chera too, so. <laughs> does that mean that Holmesy's got in after all of that? No, nah, I didn't, Harmy. I would no, have, you didn't. I would have got in, but <laughs> I didn't. It would have been it would have been Holmesy versus Louis this week, all time matchup. So we're all we've been robbed. We're all getting behind. Sorry, we're all getting behind Louis. Yeah. Louis is I our man the for the final. Am I the only one in there? Oh, sounds okay, like all right. Yeah, ne- not for next year though. No, nah, yeah. Stato, yeah. Stato's in as well. By the way, um, looking forward ah. to his eagerly anticipated return back to the pod in a couple of weeks. When's he back? Damn right, <clears throat> couple of weeks. All right. Well, thanks, Harmy. Right. That was an absolute shambles by you, mate. You've uh, absolutely <laughs> butchered that. But um, we'll move on to the the uh, the next part of the show, which is the Pod Pod Challenge update. Holmesy, take us through this and try and not stumble like that, mate. All right, Dossie, you've stitched me up here. Hang on, let me just get this up. Let me do it. Twenty five in the top one hundred. Ah, there you go. No, no, I've got it. So Jono sitting fourth. Hang on, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Yeah, the Pod Pod boys are Massive. flying up. So, man, that's going to be an unreal finish. But, man, if you're not inside the top seven, I think your season's over. So maybe only fourth, fifth, and sixth are <laughs> a chance. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, 25 inside the top hundred, unbelievable. Let's see if we can get up to 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 30. That would be an unreal close to to 30 percent. So keep going, guys. Five weeks to go and try and enjoy this last part of the season. It's nothing like there's nothing like being at the top. Alright, we're getting on to our hot topics for the week and we have been just going all over the shop to to start this show. But um, look, we've already talked about a couple of the hot topics, including Sammy Flanders and maybe even a Bazalenka there. There's probably some more questions about that later. But look, injuries, we've already mentioned that too. Just Laird, you know, is he going to come back this week? You're going to have to make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand, as we always hear from our friend Pete from the Plus Six podcast. Uh, Adam Chera, there's lots of coaches out there wondering about his health status as well, um, including Sean Darcy out, confirmed out for the season. So just keep an eye on all these Injury bullets coming our way because it seems to be, look, I don't know the data, but it just does seem to be like we've been hit pretty hard this year with a fair few injuries and suspensions. But look, it's probably going to be the same on the run home. So just 
like we said, um, and like Pete says, make those necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. Let's talk about some tags, though, because they have been a little bit of a consistent theme in the past few weeks. Is there any we should be wary of this week, potentially, Louis? Is there anyone you've got your eye on that you're a bit worried about if you're either targeting them or if they're in your team? Oh, off the top of my head, it's a bit tough, mate, but I think most fantasy coaches this time of year have a rough idea of what players are doing a little bit of a tagging role. We've seen Finn McGuinness do it throughout the year. We've seen Windy do it at times. The other week, we saw Eddie Ford apply a forward tag, which was probably um, something out of the box, which we haven't seen before, but we've certainly you know, seen it start of the year as well. Tom Stewart's had a turn as well. And I think it's just about being shrewd, sort of looking at the matchups and realising that there's a potential for a player to be tagged there. And uh, the tighter the game, or rather the tighter they are on the ladder, the more potential I think it has to um, be sort of um, taken. So, yeah, for me, you just got to make a massive flag of the tag. I'm turning it to Harmy here. I've forgotten how to speak. <laughs> well, I'll take over for you, Thanks, Luke. mate. I'll tell you what, um, I, I just don't think they've been as prevalent as they have been in prior years. Um, but I'll give you one for this weekend. You've got the Saints and Hawthorne. So, who do you reckon Finn McGuinness is going to in the Saints lineup? Well, he's been going to outside players. So, yeah. Sinclair's on the inside now, though, isn't he? He, he sneaks away onto the inside. Yeah. I'd be worried for Nasir Wanganin Malira. No Brad Hill. I think he's the um, I think he's the obvious outside player at the Saints. Jeez, cool. All right, that yeah, could be. Yeah, no, I reckon. I reckon it could be Sinclair, outside of the CBAs. He won't go in for the CBAs, but maybe he runs in off the wing and and tags. That's not a bad shout, Harmy. But uh, Nasai definitely came to mind as well, Louis. They've liked what he's been doing on the outside too. All right, just going back on the last hot topic because I kind of skimmed over this with the injuries factor. I think we just saw last week how. You know, some potential news coming out. And even after the game on the Saints factor, a different front. So, just just to rehash, there was some late news about Bontempelli and a bit of a tight calf ends up being the top scorer for the Dogs. There was after the fact of the game of the Saints one that, what, Rowan Marshall nearly didn't even get up and he's going out there and pumping out a 123. And yet, you know, on the other side of things, we don't hear much about Rory Led. then he's out. Like, how do we deal with – obviously, there's just a bit of obscurity when it comes to injury reporting. If you're up the top end, like a lot of our pod pod coaches are here, 25 in the top hunge, how do you deal with this sort of – like, what's going on, Lou? How would you deal with it if you're in that pressure situation up the top, like reacting or not reacting to this news? Well, it's, it's, we probably just have to be thankful that it's rolling lockout. To be honest, there's just no way to react to it. We've seen during the week that this is just brand new news that we're finding out after the game. Rowan Marshall did a fitness test. Uh, Monday last week, Rory Laird goes on radio, says, no, nah, no, nah, I'm fine, boys. There's nothing wrong with the shoulder. Despite somebody texting in saying, hey, I, I saw Rory Laird at the Calvary Hospital. And uh, later on the week, he's ruled out for a week. So, it's like even the players are lying to us. So, I think there's a little bit of mischief going on and there's not much we can do about it. I think the teams that are in the eight are probably going to be more secretive than the teams that are in the bottom 10. But, um, geez, you'd be worried if you owned some Geelong players probably as well as we come into finals. I think... And I've only just thought of this, but the big issue is going to be in the ruck line, right, where we don't have cover. 
So if a Rowan Marshall or a Tim English or any one of these Ruckman are a late out and it's a late game, coaches could be potentially looking at a donut. So maybe it is worth trading in one of your bench spots to a Jack Williams who is playing for the Eagles, 250K, and just having having him sitting there at R3 with the emergency on just in case there is a laid out um, so you're at least getting some points on the field. I'm not sure what you boys think about that, but... Man, this like that Rowan Marshall, that could be an absolute disaster for coaches. And I know a lot of coaches are in the same boat with it, but it could be a good way to have an edge and 50 points is 50 points, right? So, if you've got a Max Heath or a Lockie McAndrew um, and a couple of the other basement uh, rucks escape me, they've obviously got the forward status. You're suggesting maybe we should be trading somebody and using a bit of DBP and maybe bringing in a backup ruckman. Yeah, well, it feels a little bit dirty, but I'm pretty sure that a fair amount of coaches have a like a Blake Drury or a Fleeton or or one of these guys that are 230, 240K, maybe bite the bullet and spend 20K and swing Williams into the ruck line so you've got some cover, touch wood that you don't need it, but it's there just, just in case disaster strikes. I don't know if it's worth it for 30 points that you get out of them. Seems like a bit of a waste of a trade. Hey, I just wanted to say one thing about Bond. I actually heard on Saturday during, like, I was listening to ABC. He was talking through one of the other games, and he said that that was actually a knock from the previous week and that um, he pulled up fine and he didn't expect it to be an issue. So if you're a Bont owner, probably don't stress too much during the week. But I think we can all agree on the fact that the AFL's injury reporting is terrible and has been for years and they should really do something about it. Yeah, absolutely. Just on that, Harmy, you say 30 points isn't much, but I lost a car by six points. So for the coaches that are at the top, it's pretty tight. So none of us are doing it then. Can, can I just... <laughs> no, <laughs> hell no. Hey, can I just come back to though, like this point though? Max Gorn, and back to the Rowan Marshall factor, the thought, the, even the thought that Tom Campbell was a potential in and the fact that if, even if he saw or whatever that this, you know, sub or a half a game is, is an option. And to your point, Harmy, these backup rucks are going to score you potentially 30 or 40, which could be the difference, ho- uh, Holmesy. But what if Gorn's not going to be that much different from Rowan Marshall from here, right? Is that safe to say? What if... You know, like, I know it's a lot of ifs, buts, candies and nuts, but like if you're trading to Max Gorn now, could that just be the smart play knowing that, you know, he's healthy and firing in the number one ruck right now? Yeah, but what's not to say that, like you're right, but what's not to say that Gorn gets injured or has a has a laid out as well? Like we're, I'm just talking about cover in the worst case scenario. And I suppose the worst thing about the St Kilda games as well is that they play a lot of, or they, they are this week and they did last week, they play some Sunday games where you might not even be able to trade down to him if he is a laid out. So, yeah, that's just my my point. But Harmy's right. It's not, not that much points, but you do need a plan. Yeah, if I'm a top coach, I'm watching Rowan Marshall and his role really closely. He's obviously really highly owned in the top 100, top 1,000, and just amongst the competition in general. But Saints played better football when he was up forward on the weekend and they managed to get that win. So, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, it's it's hard to find a good forward. Obviously, Mac, was it Max King went down on the weekend too, got a bit of an injury. So, I think that he's going to be going forward because he's able to play that craft and somebody like a Campbell, Tom Campbell or a Jack Hayes could come in and just be that bash and crash ruckman that provides a contest. Didn't Hayes got a hamstring injury? He, like, he's got something wrong with his hamstring. 
Oh, just Campbell then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, hopefully that was, yeah, very much um, going around in circles there. But look, I think um, make your right decision as the news comes to hand. Um, okay, moving on to the next subject at hand. And I think you mentioned it before, Louis, Geelong potentially resting players. Do you think any other teams might rest players, Harmy, heading into final season? Is it just another wrinkle to the game that we need to keep an eye on? Was Paddy Cripps actually injured or was he rested on the weekend? It seems no, like every team's resting their players coming much up against the prize. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was rested. Now, look, the, the worst one, Dossie Boy, would be um, in-game resting. That would have really hurt us. Like, uh, I see Tom Mitchell's been rested quite a lot last yeah. couple of weeks. The, the one thing I'm finding fascinated by, and it's practically happened both times in the Carlton West Coast game, is that... When teams are up heavily against West Coast, they start to really rotate and rest their players. So, although we are looking for real ceiling games against West Coast, you know, there could be times where gun premiums are, you know, sit out large parts of the second half when the game's in hand. So, maybe that's something to look at um, in terms of captaincy options. Yeah, we've seen it plenty of times throughout the season, haven't we? Like, getting late in the game, players like, I just think Jordan Dawson, I had the captaincy on him against... um Okay, I, mean, I think it might have been West Coast. And he just sat the last 10 minutes on the bench. So that's what you wouldn't want to see. But look, yeah, I think that the teams that are really competing around that eighth position uh, are worthwhile targeting on that basis. They need to win and they need to get percentage. So they're going to be playing their top-end players as often as they can. And we might get lucky this year where the, the top eight is actually moving around quite a bit and so is the top four. So there might mm. not actually be an opportunity to get any rests in like what we've seen in previous years. Okay, I'm going to talk about one thing on my observation roundtable. We've got one more from Louie and then we'll move on to some player requests as we always do from the beloved listeners. I think I'm just going to bring back my streaming idea from a little bit back. Now, obviously, you guys are talking about resting stars on the run home, but I've just got my eye on a few players and and looking at how well Charlie Kernow just did against the Weagles on the weekend, kicking himself 10 snags. You've mentioned, you know, could Sam Flanders be the, the F6 we're looking for? What if that's just a rotation of key forwards versus West Coast who were just outperforming their average week in, week out? I'm looking at popping, popping Nick Larkey in the forward line this week for 115. Uh, the week after that, we'll go with a Peter Wright. Week after that, we'll pop ourselves a who's the key forward for Frio that's worth a punt there. there I mean, Jai Amos. Jai Amos. <laughs> Look, I'm obviously being a little bit facetious, but like- Are we leading up there, to Tex in round bit? 24 or- Yeah, well, absolutely. Is it, is it the Tex Hearn parade with the of on fantasy points? With the C on, last game of the round, absolutely. Look, I just think it's actually – I was heavily looking at, at Kerno this week. I think you only do it with the big dogs. But, look, I think these matchups, I really think you're at a point. A lot of the teams in the top 100, their teams are so similar, so condensed. It's time to look at these streaming options in a bit more serious manner. Well, rank one won this week off the back of a Kerno captain. Yeah, there you go. Huge. Um, Louis, you've got one more point in this observation and then we'll move on. Yeah, so just backing over the point I made last week is just about your trades almost being dictated by the uh, the week following. So, I'll give you an example. Um, look, if, you, if you're going to bring in Sicily this week from um, versus the Saints and you don't have like a Josh Dunkley, then you need to be sort of figuring out how you're going to be able to achieve that the following week because- 
this week is essentially easy. So, for example, last week I went Laird to Harris. Uh, sorry, I went Laird and Harrison Himmelberg to Took and Jelly, and I played Marcus Windhager on the field at F six, which ended up being calculated risks that worked. But what it did is it allowed me to get up to Dunkley um, with ease this week with about sort of 20k to spare. Whereas had I done it the other way around, then it just wouldn't have happened. So it's just about planning a couple of weeks out in advance and just realising what your team's going to sort of look like then, especially as we come into luxury trading. I love that, Lou. It's always good to look ahead. Now, looking ahead, this podcast is always brought to you by the Keeper League pod. I'm not going to do the usual spiel today. I'm just going to say, look, we're heading towards the end of the season, bit of the off-season. Go give the Keeper League pod a follow on their socials. Right now, old Hef, he's been doing uh, on the TikToks, he's been doing a daily footy grid solve. So, just give him a follow on the TikTok, on the socials. Um, They do lots for us. So, hit him up on the socials, keep a league pod and help them out. Let's look up our Twitter requests. Just as always, we are at PodPodAFL on Twitter and we go through our player requests every single week from you, the beloved listeners. First of all, though, Louis is going to give us a quick snapshot on some rookies that we can look at and then we're going to jump straight into those requests. Lou, take it away. Yep. So, first on the list, I've got Sam Banks. He's 270K now, minus six break even. He really took advantage of no Jaden Short on the weekend and uh, actually looked really good past the eye test. Uh, but it's probably your last chance to jump on this guy just being round 20. I don't think you want to be investing too much in your rookies at this point. Uh, the next is Luke Nankovis made his debut on the weekend. Uh, he's been a few years in the system. Uh, he's probably my pick this week for the rookies if you're downgrading. He's still close to basement. Uh, he's got that negative four break even and with a few Crows injuries and potentially it looks like they're out of finals. I think he will get uh, significant development time in the seniors. So he's my pick. Finally, I've got Josh Fahey at 200K. He's still basement. He's still a heartbeat on the bench. And we know that he does have a ceiling both in the twos and even in the ones um, just based off of his time on ground. And finally, I've just got written down here, Sunday basements. We got a question about it last week, and I think now is the time where we can start looking at potentially a couple of 200K players to throw away some spots and just maximize our cash for luxury trading and and looping and uh, just in general, I think it's just time to sort of get rid of those guys. Louis, I'll throw another name at you that I brought in last weekend, Jack Bytel. Gee, well, yeah, was he um, was he more than the sort of three hundred and ten k or whatever he was after round one? Two hundred and seventy three thousand. Wow! And what did, he's gone down in value? Been a what same. did he score on the weekend? Forty three. Was that was that at sub <laughs> yeah, as well? No, no, no. I'm not sure. <laughs> he played it out. Yeah, I'm not sure Jack Bytel's anyway. best twenty two every week, so he's not one I'd be jumping nah. on anyway. I think he's my M10, so I wasn't stressing too much, but that's who I brought in. All right. These are our player requests from Twitter at PodPodAFL. Follow if you want. Uh, here are the requests. Brad Crouch, can he and Steele both pop together, Holmesy? You've been a long, both suffering and then proud Brad Crouch owner. Um, what's the what's the um, vibe at the moment in Brad Crouch town? Uh, three sub hundreds in a row coinciding with Jack Steele coming back to some serious form. So if he's your worst player on field, I would be looking to get Brad Crouch up to some 
that has a more favourable run coming up, even though uh, the Saints do have Hawks this week. But uh, I think they played the Hawks earlier on in the year and Crouch only had an 80. So, uh, 60-point half, faded late. So, I'm not sure what's going on there. But like I said, if he's your, your worst player, look to get rid of him. Tom Stewart. Now, I think a few people are going to jump off. We even recommended potentially jumping off as well last week. And you've also mentioned the uh, potential flag of Geelong players being rested on the run home as they tend to do. But with Tom Stewart, is he a midfielder now? Uh, Holmesy, you've got your hand up. Yeah, I was just going to say, did anyone have Tom Stewart 53% CBAs on their bingo card for this week? Unreal. Oh, I had him for 40, but not 53. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, Tom Stewart probably was moved into that midfield because Geelong just could not get going. They were getting absolutely pants in the midfield, uh, midfield versus the Lions. So, I wouldn't expect that to be something that uh, becomes a habit, but maybe it's something to watch for if the, if the cats are sort of on the back foot a little bit. Jack Bowes, any CBAs, Dosby? I don't know. You'd have to tell me, actually. I didn't see too much of this game, if any. Holmesy? Yeah, I just wanted to say um, we've been harping on about playing the fixture and the matchups. Well, Geelong have Freo at GMHBA this week, and Tom Stewart had his 160 against them last year. So mm. uh, I wouldn't be looking to trade out of him this week. Let's put it that way. All right. No CBAs for Jack Bowes, just to let you know there, Harmy. No. Uh, Harry Sheasel, though, Harmy, I think you've just already mentioned that you've got some interest in this young lad. Now, could you really trade back into a rookie at this time of the year? But, gee, he's putting up uh, not rookie numbers. Yeah, I reckon he could. I mean, what did I say? 777 was his price. He's not, as even, he's not even like the top end of the um, forwards and backs, is he? So he's affordable. And they have got a great run. I was actually tempted to go with the um, Luke Davies, Uniac and Harry Sheasel double trade in on the north uh, against West Coast this Can week. Can you say you got all your rookies off ground if you trade Sheasel back in? Is that a completed <sighs> side? Can we roll in McRae to Sheasel? <laughs> can, we roll back, can we roll back the tape from two weeks ago when John Harmy said under no circumstances will he trade in a North Melbourne player because they're crap? Righto, I won't then. Oh, he wasn't, he probably wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah. Now, one one flag, though. Um, I traded Cheezel back in three weeks ago, uh, but one flag is that Clarko is coming back to coach uh, round 20 or 21. So, once again, who knows how that's going to play out. But in saying that, he was scoring massive in Clarko's system earlier on in the year. So, it shouldn't really deter you, but it's just one uh, changing thing just to mention. Now, Baz Lenker, cheap as chips. I've heard Louie and Holmesy kind of talking about this, but Harmy, I want your opinion on Baz Lenker. I think you seemed a little bit more keen than those two when we were talking about him before. Coming off 114, you know, splitting that stat line nicely, 25 disposals, seven marks and six tackles. That's a nice little spread there. But again, just no, not real uh, any centre bounce action there, just the two centre bounces playing as that little high half forward again. He'd be a massive risk. Like, really, you're just hoping, aren't you? He's the sort of player you'd just be bringing in with some hope that he's actually going to put up five good weeks. And, look, I owned him at the back end of last season. It was pretty hard to watch. Like, he put up some pretty low scores in that period. So, look, I don't think I'm going to do it. But, um, in a draft league, if you can 
get a trade for him, it'd be good. Talking about that F6 spot before, he, he could be one of the guys that if he shows that form consistently over the next two weeks or maybe three weeks, then maybe we can drop down, find a little bit of cash there and sort of split it amongst a couple of different premiums and he might be able to come home strong. But I, I tend to agree with you there, Harmy. I think maybe it's just one that we pick for 2024 probably. Now, clearly some listeners are planning on getting rid of that F6 or D6 slot here, but Himmelberg asking if he's a hold this week, seeing as he has the doggies and Essendon. Um, oh, sorry. He has the doggies on deck this week, and obviously the Essendon backline just went absolutely ham on the doggies last week. So would you be holding Himmelberg this week, Holmesy, based on that fact? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we he's also what? come off a, you know, come off a big ton himself as well. Yep. Big score on the weekend, and we had, you know, Fantasy household names such as Jaden Laverde and Jake Kelly go absolutely bonkers <laughs> against the Bulldogs. So, I wouldn't be trading out of Himmelberg this week, that's for sure. Now, we've talked about two of the big names uh, this week in Sam Flanders and Bazlenka, but one name, one of the biggest names on deck as well that the listeners are wondering about is one Rory Atkins. Could he come back into our squad? After some scintillating form in his last three, 108 points and looking like uh, Stephen King's just got him tailor-made for that distributor role off the halfback flank. Obviously, unfortunately, Lockie Weller going down again with the ACL. But um, what do you reckon, Lou? Rory Atkins, could he be an option on the run home as a unique player? Nah, move on. Look, I'm just, I'm just throwing it, throwing out what the listeners want, mate. That's, I actually uh, what, poured myself a glass of wine while you asked me that question. I've, I've already had enough of it. Okay. How about a bit of Gussie Brasher action for you, Harmy? I won't go through the spiel. What do you think of Gus? He's in the CBAs, so, uh, and Melbourne's run's not too bad coming up. So, look, yeah, it's worth a shout. Um, I just don't think he's had that, that sort of top-end scoring in his repertoire this year um, at the Ds. I sort of brought in um, Jack Viney the other week for the same reason. Not a bad run inside mid at Melbourne, but hasn't worked out, and he's now carrying an injury. He was limping pretty badly in that last quarter, so I'm going to look to trade out Jack, um, Jack Viney. So, but, yeah, uh, look... I don't know. I think you could do better. I'll put it that way. I think it's only is that his first ton of the year? I, I have a feeling uh, I have a feeling that may be one of his first tons of the year, old Gussie B. But um let's have a look. I'm interested to know because he has not been in fantastic form. Uh that is his second ton. His second ton of the year. All right, I need Holmesy's final verdict on Sam Flanders. He's been mentioned so many times here, and they want to know, is he the real deal? Holmesy, give us the final verdict on Sam Flanders from your opinion. Uh, he's not someone I would typically trade into. I'd want to get up to a more consistent, safe ceiling type player. We mentioned it before, but in saying that, I'm not going very well this year, and there's a lot of coaches that are playing this new age fantasy and taking a punt on these type of players. So I think Louis summed it up quite well. If you're a coach that has no money on the bench and you need to upgrade elsewhere on your field, um, you could do worse than trading a Keys or a McRae or one of these players that aren't uh, guaranteed to be F6 down to him to get up on the other end. Louis. I mean, he's, he's probably the equivalent to what Keys was a couple of weeks ago, right? So it comes in in the 600Ks. He's got a bit of a role there. He can pop a bit of a score. Um, I, I don't mind it. I think it's an okay option if you can do something well on the other end as well. But this week, would you do it against Brisbane? 
Um, you'd whack the VC on, wouldn't to. you? What's his price going up this week? You'd have to go this week, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I think you'd probably have to go this week. I don't know if Brisbane are going to, you know, be the ultra hard scoring team that they're going to that they have been previously. Just because I'd expect them to run over the Suns pretty easily, but uh, I suppose we'll see. All right, speaking about another big dog in the queue, Clash Harmy, Josh Dunkley. Could he be a little bit of a point of difference in that top 100 or even top 1,000 on the run home here? Yes. Low ownership and um, and what did he get? 112, didn't he? So Ashcroft out. They're going to need him. I think that there's a lot of things pointing in favour of trading him in. He's still 960000 so you could sort of wait, hope that he goes down a bit. But if I was going to target a premium this week, I reckon it's probably him. Is there any chance that, oh, Brisbane, for this. Smack, that Brisbane smacked the Gold Coast and he subbed at three-quarter time? Didn't happen last week. Oh, yeah, so Geelong, Geelong, were, Geelong were coming back, though. Geelong pushed hard towards the end, but you are right. Actually, went, Sorry, it actually went the other way. In the second half, he actually scored better, didn't he? Like, he actually finished stronger. What's wrong, I, with, I, um, what's wrong with Jared Lyons? Well, Does he come did, back in? He's not in the ones. Yeah, why didn't he wrong. play on the he weekend? <laughs> oh, I just, you know, I see that grudge match of the Gold Coast Suns followed by Frio, Adelaide, Collingwood and St Kilda. For a bloke that has well, gone one fifteen plus in the past, and he's only five hundred and fifty k, maybe could be a bit of a shout. Should is that something we could be potentially looking at if he's named? Well, we didn't touch on that, did we? Ashcroft ACL, yeah. but absolutely Ashcroft's a li- bit of a little little different player though. In terms of you've got Neil and Dunkley in that side that play that same real inside role that Lions does. Are they going to look for a bit more pace through that midfield and on the outside than what a Lions? Presents. Well, they might just use just, Bailey or someone like that too. It's, well, it's, it should, it's Dorco be an was in there on the weekend. Week. Could could Dorco run out the last six weeks and, and just play a bit of finals in the in the guts? So is he is he not going to be up for that army? I just reckon that um, having a, I had a look at it and I I thought the same thing, Lou. But then I thought, well, if you were coaching him, is that what you would do? Would you bring in lines like? I think that they'd be better off just firming it up so that it would be Dunkley, Neil, McCluggage with a bit of a pinch hit, like don't have a fourth. Bit of Rainer and Bailey maybe. Well, uh, to Dossie's point though, last quarter on the weekend um, versus Geelong, it was when um, obviously Ashcroft went down early. It was Dorco, Dane Zorko, five centre bounces, Josh Dunkley, six, Lockie Neal, six. But yeah, it's a watch because obviously they don't want to be putting those miles on his legs heading into finals, you'd imagine. So they're going to find someone else. It's a watch and see, I think um, definitely one of interest. But to your point, your first point there, uh, Josh Dunkley, a nice point of difference if you're up hot, nice and high in the rankings, I think. Uh, Lockie Whitfield, we've got as our second to last option here. Holmesy, any interest in Lockie Whitfield? He hasn't really done the... You know, his usual scoring of the past, and he's even got Harry Himmelberg back there now, stealing a bit of pill. Yeah, Lockie Whitfield, he's always going to come with those weird injuries um, that he seems to get. I think he burns us every year, and I can't wait to go back to the well next year, as we always do. But in saying that, playing these streamer matchups against the Dogs this week, you would think that he is big, uh, but I think probably a little bit risky at this time of year if you need him for for the rest of the five games. 
I do like that though. We are, like we said, we're talking about these kind of streamable like draft style matchups. If, if you do back in that the dogs are going to give up that many points again, uh, Lockie Whitfield could be a nice shout. If you're looking for a point of difference anyway, if you're just looking for that nice little matchup play or you need to win a final, if you're not worried about your overall rank, Lockie Whitfield could be a great play. Uh, George Hewitt came in for the beloved Adam Chera as well as um, Cripsy there, Louie. Do you think he's still an option, even maybe if you're looking for a bit of bench cover? Or what do you think on, on George Hewitt? No, nah, no, nah, he's not an option. I, I think um, Chera's uh, under an injury cloud. He perhaps can be back, but Cripps is certainly going to be back. That was just management and uh, can't guarantee that George Hewitt's going to be in that 22. He might be the sub. Can't even guarantee that he's going to be in the midfield. It's actually been a little bit of a fall from grace probably compared to the beginning of last year, but no, I, I think you've got to leave George Hewitt by the wayside. What do you think about that, Harmy? Well, you know what? I was thinking there's another bargain down there. And he plays against North Melbourne this week. Andrew Gaff. Oh, you're going to say Paddy Dow. <laughs> Dossie, did you bring in Hewitt in the end? Is that what you said? I got Hewitt and Flanders, yeah. Hewitt and Flanders. For what, Matt what? Johnson and who was the other one? Uh, for Matt Johnson and Sheldrick. What's Gaff at home? I was actually going to. Sorry, Gaff, I'll have a look in a sec. I was actually going to bring in Hewitt, right, um, and just put him on the bench as another loop, like as in to try another loop, but it just means I didn't really get a genuine upgrade and so in the end I didn't worry about it and I um, I just went the full upgrade and went to Doherty. Gaff is 547,000 and Hewitt is... He is... 464, man, 464,000. Wow. <laughs> he went down yeah. in value, I reckon. Yeah, so gas on the way up too, I think, but I don't reckon I could recommend anybody to <laughs> jump on him. And by the way, I think you guys in the group chat were going to pay me out big time about holding Laird and Chera. I haven't heard the argument. Like, I literally traded two guys that, you know, Matt Johnson got a 20 and Sheldrick didn't play and was out for the season with an ankle surgery. I picked up Hewitt for a matchup against West Coast and Sam Flanders, who popped 110. And I think the other option I would have gone if I actually sold one of the big dogs was someone like a Sam Walsh. So, where's where's your um? I don't know. I think Dossie made a smart call. The issue, Dossie, the issue is this week when you don't have Chero coming back and you don't have Lear coming back and you get another injury. To a Walsh, Walsh was also on track for 130, Dossie. He had an injury. Hmm. All right. Walsh is on uh, track look, to be in my side in 2024 is what he is. All right, look, we've got three questions. We might as well get to them um, before wrapping up. Briggs, two, th- these are sort of traditional questions rather than players. Um, someone wants to know, Briggs to Gorn or English or Liam Henry to Dunkley? Thoughts on which one you keep for another week? Holmesy, what do you reckon? Do you keep um, Liam Henry for another week or Briggsy? Uh, <clears throat> sorry, Liam Henry has Geelong in Geelong. I would absolutely be going Liam Henry up to... Dunkley and then keeping Briggs uh, for the Bulldogs matchup. We know Tim English typically gives up points in the ruck. Which two go first here? Louis, Mills, Windy, Sheldrick or Wilmot can get Mills and Sheldrick to dunks, but play Windy. Do you reckon that's the play? Oh, I think Sheldrick and Wilmot are probably the go. Um, Sheldrick's not coming back for the rest of the year. Yeah, Wilmot Sheldrick has to go popped first. a 90 on his way out. Uh, break-even's probably not as attractive as what you'd want just because he popped that a couple of weeks ago, whereas Windy, uh, off the 114 with the 13 break-even, has probably still got you about 50 to 60K uh, to make you, depending how long you hold on to him for. Mills... 
Look, I think he's still a hold at least until probably round 21 or 22 and then he becomes a luxury trade just hoping that it's going to turn around. Uh, had a bit of soreness on the weekend, didn't attend a CBA or t- attended one or two for the 98. I still think that's pretty encouraging if he can get the roll back. Sicily versus LDU. Harmy, who you got? If you had a choice, I'd take LDU. Really? This week against West Coast. Yep, I reckon. But Look at what midfield has been doing against West Coast. Yeah, but in terms of for the rest of the year, we've only got six trades got after this run. week. Hold on. Righto. Just hold on there, Luke. Let's have I a know the run. My issue is with LDU. Yeah, and he's probably playing a lone hand too, so he the, could get the, tagged. The, that's why I'm That's what I mean. The coach it. literally came out and said LDU won. Well, LDU was the reason we were in the game. We, he was, we were literally carried by LDU, so... I, I'm, I think you're good. You're spot on in that he's a really good um, player and he's scoring well. But I don't know if I want him for the rest of the year over at James Sicily. You've just mentioned, though, I think before the show, I don't know if we've mentioned it on the show yet, that Sicily's probably the prime target himself for a bit of a tag and a bit of attention this week in a matchup which he obliterated St Kilda last time he played against them. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to expect that he gets it often when the commentary team goes nuts over. A player which they did over the weekend with James Sicily and his intercept marks, and I'm sure it'll be highlighted during the week. I won't be surprised to see somebody stand next to James Sicily, but like I said before the podcast, that might mean that his uh, score goes from potentially a 150 to maybe a, a 90 to 100. Cal Wilkie, I reckon. He's a good he's a good defender. He takes a lot of intercept marks himself. Those two going head-to-head to be a pretty good matchup. Yeah, that, that's good call. I like that. And finally, Flanders versus Hewitt. The final verdict. Uh, we'll go to you, Louis, on this one. Oh, it's it's got to be Flanders. I think you've got to take the punt on somebody that has shown a bit in the twos and might be able to become something, whereas Hewitt's probably a little bit of a known quantity and just that risk over being the sub again and maybe not even in the best 22 is just it's too much this time of year. Flanders for the forward status. You don't want Hewitt as a mid only. Get up to those top gun mids. All right, I need a, a closing thought um, from each of you heading into what is the last few kind of weeks of our fantasy season? Holmesy, you first. Oh, you put us on the spot here, Dossie. I'll just um, I'll talk to those coaches that are you know really up there competing in sort of that top 30. Just enjoy it. It's going to be a stressful round. It's going to be a stressful five weeks, um, but just, just embrace being up there. Harmi will talk to this as well. You're not up there very often, so when you are, just try and ground yourself and really enjoy it because who knows when you'll be back. Louis? Yeah, just on your trading, as I mentioned after this week, we've only got six trades left, so they carry a higher premium than they ever have. You don't want to be messing around on the bench and ideally you want to be minimising bullets, although we can't always control that. So I think you've got to be clever with your trades and you need to be trading in blokes that you're happy with actually holding for the rest of the year now. Harmy? Uh, I guess just a message to Louis. I'm coming for you, mate. You might have got the jump the last three weeks, but I'm going to finish ahead of you. <laughs> I love that. Huge, huge closing thoughts from Harmy. <laughs> I love that. Good kick in the bum. And, of course, my closing thoughts, footygrid.com. We'll see you next week. <laughs>